Hello everybody, I'm Matt Micucci and you are listening to the Jazzes podcast. Mister Riva per tu divo, quero ficar a beira tua. Mister Riva per tu divo, quero voltar. Hello everybody, Jazz's online editor Matt Micucci here, welcoming you to our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today, a series that we simply like to call the Jazz's Podcast. And it's brought to you in conjunction with Jazz's Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Born and raised in Cuba, pianist composer Alfredo Rodriguez has risen to become one of the most globally acclaimed musicians on the scene today. His big break came at age 19, when he was invited to perform at a showcase at Switzerland's Montreux Jazz Festival, an event that eventually inspired his daring move to the United States, supported by Quincy Jones, one of the greatest champions and mentors of his art. Fast forward to the present day and we find Alfredo Rodriguez celebrating his latest creation, an album that's a tribute to the vibrant mosaic of sounds in his new hometown Miami. The album, aptly named Coral Way, not only pays homage to his roots but also embodies his unrelenting quest to bridge the worlds of mainstream Latin music and the soulful rhythms of Latin jazz. Join us as we uncover the passion, the perseverance and the pulsating rhythms that define the one and only Alfredo Rodriguez. Fire up an audiotini and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz's Podcast. Alfredo, welcome to the Jazz's podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. And, you know, one of the ways that I like to start these podcasts is by kind of collecting memories, as I like to put it. And I like to begin these interviews with a little icebreaker question and just uh, kind of asking the artists I speak with to share an early memory of theirs when, you know, they realize, when they think back to it, they realize that maybe that's where my musical journey came from. Do you have one such musical memory that you'd like to share with us? Well, I remember... Um as a child going to my dad's rehearsal, my dad is a singer, uh, and I remember going to the rehearsals and always being next to the drummer, sitting in the floor and listening to everything that he was doing. Um, at first I wanted to be a drummer, not a pianist. And that's why I remember I have early memories and obviously my dad and the musicians, they tell me all the time that I you know, was trying all, all the time to imitate the drums with pencils or pillows or anything that I could, you know, uh, get into my hands. So um, I have those memories and always, always trying to be uh, involved with music in one way or another one. The rhythm really was the thing that drew you uh, in the first place. Yes, in the first place, for sure. Yeah. Later, then uh, my dad, uh, my mom, they brought me to the classical school of music when I was six or seven years old, classical school of music in Havana, uh, where I'm from. And then I started, you know, playing classical music from then to now, obviously. But, but, but 
before that, I just remember, you know, something that, that it was a little more, you know, something closer to the to the rhythm because I wanted to be a drummer, a percussionist. I loved, you know, like any uh, percussion instruments also from Cuba. You know, in Cuba, we have a very strong tradition uh, from, uh, you know, like Africa. So, it, 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 you know, like a background. So, you know, we have the bata and the tumbadora, the congas, the bongo, the maraca. So I, was, I wanted to play one of those. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't blame you. And did you actually try to maybe become a, a drummer or a percussionist before your attention turned to the piano? And also, when did it uh, occur that your attention turned to the piano, let's say, full time? Actually, yeah, that that's also responds a little bit of the of what I was saying before, because they brought me to the School of Music in Havana, the Classical School of Music, and I had to choose between piano or violin. Uh, because in order to become a drummer, I started playing the drums, I had to be 10. And they brought me uh, when I was six, seven years old. So oh. I, you know, I said, you know what, I, I just want to play music. Let's just, I, I, I want to be a pianist. <laughs> so I was, I said that having in mind that I was going to change when I was going to be 10. Uh, and obvious, you know, the obvious reason I'm here playing the piano. So when I was 10, I, I was completely falling in love with the sound of the piano. I didn't want to change anymore. And Obviously, you know, today, uh, as I grow up, you know, I, I discovered so many years ago that the piano can be anything, any instrument, um, not, not only as a musician, but as a human, you know, anything that you do in life can be translated or transported into anything that you have in your mind. Uh, so I feel the piano, even though it is a percussive, a percussive instrument also, um, it can be transformed into anything that you have in your mind. And that's what I try to do <laughs> with my piano and with my music every day. I play, I basically play my life every day and play what I live. So yeah, it could yeah. be many things. And also, I mean, I find the piano to be incredibly versatile and it's one of those instruments that has sort of been able to seamlessly traverse all of these different eras and times in music and somehow, no matter what new technology comes in, it always sounds absolutely contemporary. So <laughs> tribute to the it piano. Is. It is. Yeah. The piano is one of the most, in my opinion, the one of the most beautiful, beautiful instruments. And I am very happy that I, that, you know, I stay with the piano. <laughs> First of all, Havana, uh, Cuba, what an amazing place to grow up if you want to be a musician. You know, its its traditions have definitely had a resonance throughout the entire world. And for a kid, you know, must and then obviously growing up, must have been incredibly exciting to you. Uh, did you, how did you then, from those styles, were you able to come up with your own voice? Uh, was it exciting to experiment? Where did you have other people that kind of helped you? Well, yeah, um, not directly. Well, actually, yes, obviously my, my family, uh, my teachers, uh, as I mentioned before, I started playing classical music then when I was seven years old. And that was my life, uh, only playing classical music until I was 12 or 13 that I randomly my uncle gave me a cd of keith jarrett uh, a great improviser from the states and that was a crucial moment in my life because i didn't know that someone could just sit in the piano and play for hours improvising i was a little kid and i didn't know that and since that moment i started to you know discover music related to that and I discovered jazz music, you know, like people like Thelonious Monk or Bad Powell, Bill Evans, Lenny Tristano, Miles Davis, you name it, you know, mi millions of people that have been involved in this beautiful genre of, of music. Um, and then since that, I've been just trying to improvise basically my life. I, I, 
I knew that I wanted to do something similar. I didn't know how to do it. I remember sitting at the piano, even though I was playing Mozart and Beethoven and Rachmaninoff, I couldn't play a note when it came to improvisation. Uh, but that's something that you develop with the years, with practice, with effort. And I'm still here today. We are all improvisers. You know, right now we are improvising in this conversation. Uh, we don't really know what, what I'm going to be saying in one minute or what you're going to ask me and how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to react as a human being, my intuition. Many things are important when it comes to improvisation. And the music is the same. It's just like instead of, you know, improvising with words, uh, we improvise with musical notes and, and then we connect them each other as we do with letters and, uh, and paragraph and everything. So... It's kind of the same process, but with a language that not everyone knows. Uh, so um, I've been trying to do that since I was 12 years old. And that was kind of like my introduction to the improvisational world when it comes to music. Interesting. Does improvisation then also call for a degree of honesty? Well, I think everything is connected to your human behavior. Uh, music as well. My mentor, Quincy Jones, oh, that's one of the... Uh, always, you know, that's one of the uh, advice that he, I always listen Quincy telling young musicians or anyone in general is try to be yourself, uh, meaning that be truthful to your essence, your roots, where you come from, what you want to achieve as a human being. And obviously, you know, this can be translated into many things. If you are a good person, that could be you could play like that. But if you are a bad person, that also is going to be translated into your music. If you're if, you know, if your intentions are negative, I guess your music will sound negative and your intentions are positive. It could be the, or it could be, it could be millions of things because we're talking about humans, you know, and we are so complicated, fascinating, fascinatable, co complicated human beings. So, so it could, it could be many things. What I can tell you is about a little bit, a little bit of my life, the way that I function. And I feel at least I always tend to go to the positive side. You know, I always feel, even though moments that I am nostalgic or feeling a little down as every human being could be, I always try to see the light. I always try to find hope. Uh, and that's my personality. And I think my music also, even though sometimes it's nostalgic, I've been, I've been living, you know, moments of, you know, the difficulties in my life. But I always find the hopeness in, uh, and the happiness in, in music and try to do it with my life like that. track you are hearing is from Coral Way, the latest album by Alfredo Rodriguez, available now on Mac Avenue. We'll get back to our conversation with the artist in a moment, but first I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in a print version of Jazz's, jazz's.com and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, back to our conversation with Alfredo Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. 
you mentioned Quincy Jones, and obviously, I, w- I would love for you to share with us, you know, the impact that he has had on your life and your career. Because I mean, he's touched the lives and music of so many artists, and not just in music, actually, in other art forms as well. But as far as you're concerned, where did you guys first meet, and uh, how do you feel he has impacted uh, the, t- the trajectory of your journey? I was in Cuba at the. Um, I mean, I was like 19 or 20 years old at the. First or second year of the University of Classical Music in Havana. And then it came a convocatory to go to the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. It's one of the biggest jazz festivals in the world, where Quincy is part of the board and he has been there for millions of years, going every year there. Uh, what I didn't know, well, long story short, I got selected. I went there and I played there between, you know, I was selected between 12 pianists in the whole world. What I didn't know that Quincy was going to be there, and uh, the president of the festival um, told us, um, you know, just Quincy Jones is coming, and George Benson and Michelle Legrand, they're going to be here. Do you guys want to play? And obviously, we all said yes. We were kids, and we wanted to play for those idols. I knew his music. And then I play, and I remember Quincy, after I finished, giving me a hug and saying some, you know, saying some nice things. I, I, th- you know, I, I now I know what he was saying because, you know, he had, you know, his, his bodyguard is from Guatemala. So I didn't know English at that time. I didn't know what he was saying. But now I, I, I know that he was telling me that, you know, I, I did a really good job and he wanted to help me in some way in my career where I live. And what happened was, like, long story short, it took us three years to do something together. I went back to Havana, having, like, a beautiful experience. I played for Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones was telling me that, that I did it good or whatever. And, and then after three years of trying something between me being back in Cuba, Quincy obviously in Los Angeles, um, we couldn't do anything. You know, no recording, no, like, a concert in the States, nothing. And I took the very hard and difficult decision to leave my family physically behind my country, everything that I had until that point, and cross the border from Mexico to United States. I was playing a show with my dad in Merida, which is the south in Yucatan. Uh, and I, you know, it's a very long story, but I took a plane from Merida to uh, the north of Mexico, which is the closest city in the border. It is uh, Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. And then I got arrested there, and it is a long story, but basically I, I made it to the States, you know. Uh, I made it to the States on January 16th of 2009, and the first thing that I did, I, I went to a pay phone, and I called my manager today, Adam Fell, which is Quincy's manager as well, and I told him I made it to the States. You guys told me that if I could make it to the States, you guys were going to help me. I'm here. What should I do? And they told me, go right away to the airport. This is your record locator. You have a flight coming to Los Angeles. I came, you know, to Los Angeles uh, in January 2009. And since that moment until today, I can tell you that Quincy has been the my mentor, the producer of my five albums, including the new album that we are just releasing August 18th, Caught Away. And it has been a beautiful journey for me. Um, most important because being... Um, close to someone like Quincy uh, for a young musician like me for so many years now, I, 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 I've just been learning and absorbing all his knowledge as, most, as much as I can. I, I remember the first two years that I went to Los Angeles, I used to see Quincy every day. Uh, we went to Quincy's house every day and just, you know, collaborating, doing recordings. Just talking to Quincy is, is a treasure. Quincy, Quincy knows so much about music and life. He has had so many experiences and I feel I've been one of the most fortunate musicians in the world 
uh, because having that opportunity. Thank you for sharing uh, your story because it sounds like an amazing and at times also, you know, you took a chance in, to the point where I would say many people probably wouldn't have pushed themselves that far because it, it sounds like it, t- it took uh, courage as well as uh, talent. Well, <laughs> imagine that I couldn't, imagine that I couldn't uh, know when I was going to see my family anymore in my life, obviously because yeah. the Cuba and United States, we have had broken political relationship for so many years. And then as a Cuban coming here and asking for political asylum at the border, I knew that it was, it was going to be very, very extremely difficult to see my family again in the near future. So only because that, that was a very stressful and, you know, difficult moment in my life. And, you know, hopefully everything, you know, it, I, I did everything, you know, right. Uh, my family right now is in the States and I see them and everything is, is fine. But, you know, at that moment, it was very stressful, as you can imagine. It was a very, very difficult decision in my life. Exactly. And talk about, you know, uh, your music reflecting your journey uh, also as a, as a person, as a man. Uh, you know, your new album, what I read about it before I, before I even got a chance to uh, hear it is that uh, you kind of stated that this is your, about your new life. Because this also kind of captures a moment where you've undergone a series of changes and also uh, moved city. Yes, I, I moved to Miami actually right before COVID. And um, I, I was so many years in Los Angeles and I decided to come here because my family, my family is in Miami. And I said at some point, you know, I just want to be close to my family. I became a dad. So, you know, I, I wanted to be the family together. And, and, and that was a new move also in my life. Uh, I guess I am I'm used to now to move into one place to another one and, and start a new life. And that's why I said that Cutaways is my new life is because I compose and arrange the whole album uh, while being at home, walking the streets of Miami, and basically the street where I live is caught away. So I remember in a COVID, you know, time that that I couldn't play for one year and almost six months anywhere in the world because the obvious reasons. Um, I remember composing, being at home, and having this feeling of one day when I go out again and I just play for people, I want them to hear this new process of my life, you know, just coming here and meeting new people, new, new circumstances in my life. And basically caught away is what I've been living for so many years. And I, and the moment that I was living on that one year and six months was the moment that I was composing the music, thinking about people as, as you can hear that, which it could be totally the opposite because it was a very stressful and frustrating time for everyone. But for me, as you can hear in the album was all about celebrating. Uh, yeah. I, the album it has a very joyful uh, way of expressing, and I feel that that was what I wanted to for people to hear once we go out of a moment like that. And it's it's, it's basically a, you know like a, a, that's what I feel Miami sound. That's that's the Miami sound that I have inside of me, and I want to share that sound with everyone. I don't. I feel that there is not a connection between mainstream Latin music and also jazz and world, world music uh, musicians. So I wanted to, you know, like make that cross-pollination and transculturation through my new album. And, you know, that's what I'm sharing today with everyone. 
Yeah, well, actually, I'm really fascinated with that because, uh, yes, there is a couple of dimensions, the personal dimension to this album. And then, of course, there's the musical one, which, yes, I was quite impressed to see that fusion that you talked about, that fusion kind of blending together, you know, the more what would be <laughs> defined as more highbrow music with a more mainstream music. So uh, there's a couple of songs too, tracks that really highlight that and a couple of collaborations. And I, and I wonder whether you could get into that a little bit more and how you pursued this ambition. Yeah, I, well, I always like to collaborate with artists from different parts of the world. I have done, I have been doing that since forever. And I think that's what also maybe one of Quincy's motivation, as we all know, Quincy has been a, a musician, a producer that always have been putting people together. And I have collaborated with artists from all over, to be honest, all over from everywhere. And in this album, even though I only have two collaborations, I wanted to bring people, um, you know, I have Alana Sinke, which is a beautiful singer from Guinea-Bissau. Uh, she was born in Portugal. Her parents are from Guinea-Bissau and she's living in Europe, in Madrid right now. Uh, she has a beautiful voice since the first moment that I heard her. I knew that I wanted to include her as a vocalist in this album. And the main vocalist is Sima uh, Funk, which is like the hottest Cuban artist right now everywhere. And he's very funky and he's very danceable. And I knew that I wanted to bring someone like him because I had that song in the album El Llamado, which uh, is all about that. It's all about dancing and disco mixed with funky and traditional rhythms of Cuba. I always try to keep the tradition alive. And then we have rhythms there as cha-cha-cha and danzón and, you know, like Montuno and all of that. So it's kind of like a mix of modern funky music uh, with traditional rhythms. And the one with Alana, uh, the song that we just released, the name is Fiju de Lua. Uh, she, she, she wrote the lyrics in Portuguese and Creole. And I wrote everything else. And, and then... Um, that song, it has a big mix of, uh, I mean, cumbia, uh, reggaeton, vallenato, like samba music from Brazil, uh, ob obviously mixed with Cuban music and jazz and rock. And that's where I want to go as a musician today. Uh, I've been, you know, living many moments in my life, but today I feel that I, that's, that's my goal right now, is try to, you know, like, as I said before, try to make a unified point between mainstream music uh, artists and also you know like jazz and, and, and classical music too you know everything is there so for me it's all about that it's all about fusion my life has been like that to be honest I coming from yeah. Cuba a little kid that I didn't know even like what was a, a credit card I didn't know why what, what you know many things uh, out in Cuba we have been isolated in a way for so many years and then coming out and seeing so many new things and so much culture. You know, I went to Los Angeles, which is a very multicultural city. And then I have had the honor of traveling almost for 70 or 80 countries playing my own music. So you can imagine how many people you can meet, you can many people you can connect with. And I am very open to that. So that's my goal. Yeah, and speaking of that, uh, you have quite uh, an intense schedule of live performances that are going to take you <laughs> in a lot of different places around the world. Are you excited as you embark on this new tour? Yes, I'm very excited. I mean, I love playing. For me, playing live is the most beautiful thing that music has. 
Um, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, recording or, or creating a video or anything is not cool because for me it's very cool everything when it comes to music. But my, pa- my pa- passion goes uh, supreme when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to playing live and being on the stage. I think that's where, where I really, I don't know, where I really find myself in a different world. And, and playing live is something that I've always been doing since I came out of Cuba more than 10 years ago. And this time we're going with a very strong tour. We're going to be touring uh, the States and also in Europe, in Asia, in Latin America, um, we have already more than 50 concerts coming up, so I, I just you know, can't wait to see many fans all around the world. Sounds exciting. Uh, Alfredo, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a fascinating conversation. Thanks thank a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation, I, and I hope to see you around somewhere. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alfredo Rodriguez and I remind you that his new album Coral Way is available now on Mac Avenue. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Coral Way by Alfredo Rodriguez plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazzy's podcasts, our print magazine, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzy's.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon. (laughs) 